Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Jason, can we just talk about Picard for an hour and call it a day? Because that's no, you gotta wait. really you all gotta I want to do. I uh, know. I gotta. You gotta wait for me to find. I gotta go find the the Enterprise hum. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Just hold <laughs> okay. your horses. Hold All your right. horses. All right. Uh, so when we wrapped up our show yesterday, um, we, we I, I brought up something that I thought we I forgot to talk about on the show. Massive uptick in spam calls that I'd noticed, and I asked mm-hmm. you if you had felt the same way, and you said you sure had. So obviously, obviously that that system that we all signed up for it stopped working. Yeah, and just just real quick to clarify, so no, we don't confuse the listeners. By yesterday, we mean last week. Yesterday, oh, last week, yesterday, last show. Yeah. I don't acknowledge any other day in the week anymore. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. <laughs> you know, there's there's other there's some things that happen in between, but it is just this is just Groundhog Day. This yeah, is yesterday, pretty much. So uh, so we decided we'd track it a little bit, and and I did, and I'm getting two to three a day. Um, of spam calls when I was pretty much getting zero for for over a year at least, if not years. So, yep, I've yeah. updated. I've I've uh, updated. <laughs> <laughs> Mine have uh, picked up. I'm getting five to seven calls a day, and about mm-hmm. the same in uh, spam text messages. And now iMessage spam. I sent you that crypto iMessage when I got yeah right as we finished last week. Yeah, I'm not getting any texture iMessage spams, which I was getting for a while. Those have gone away. I'm getting WhatsApp call spam. Oh, I don't have WhatsApp. Yeah, so. so that's that's coming in as well. Uh, and, and again, I, I think I said this last time years ago when we were discussing this. I don't understand. Okay, I, I get the, the your, your car insurance or warranty, whatever calls. And I get the, the student loan calls. Those are spam calls. You know, we're going to try to get your credit card and get some money. I don't get the, if you answer it, it just drops immediately. And I don't get the, I'm getting an old school, school modem calling me calls, which is most of them. I don't understand the point. Yeah, well, you know, there are bad programmers out there. <laughs> so don't yeah. forget that, you yeah. know. Could just be a fuck up. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. My roommate gets two to three times the amount that I get mm-hmm. just because she's got a public phone number because she's a real estate broker. Right. But this is the one that drove us all crazy. Uh, she was getting in the middle of the night, five to ten. Hey, uh, your Netflix account is about to expire. Click here. <laughs> right. Every night. Wow. And we finally just I just had to turn off the. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy because we need an, we need a phone that we can listen to at night because we have multiple people in both of our families that you know have yeah. health conditions that yeah. you have to you have to be contactable and these fuckers got that number so you ended up getting a burner phone just <laughs> for you know family emergencies that's what it's come to but the problem nowadays as you would know Brian when you get a burner phone you get all the shit from the old number too so you yep. can't win yep you can't win you're always in nope. the list. All right, so I had a bit of follow-up, and I'll just – the Canada CBC is the latest to leave Twitter an objection to government-funded label. When I, back when I put this in, it's, it seems like such a quaint time, like 15 Twitters ago, because so much <laughs> bullshit has happened on Twitter since then. Um, I almost kind of want to impose a Kanye rule here. I'm so no more Twitter? tired of talking about Twitter and the stupidity that's going on, and it's so fast-moving, and it's also – asinine and juvenile and it's all driven by the head fucking twat himself i'm so done with it like why are we even talking about it anymore who gives a shit 
Yeah, it's getting kind of boring, ain't it? Yeah, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. And now, like, he's paid for three people's verification because verification finally went. Of course, it had to go on 420. First, it was going to be April Fool's Day. It has to be something because he's a fucking five-year-old. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sick of him. I'm so I'm fine talking about Tesla and I'm fine talking about SpaceX. <laughs> well, we knew um, that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, we knew that was going to happen, but I'm fine talking about them as 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 technology things. I don't think we can consider Twitter technology anymore. You know, this is as the tweet turns. It's one man's shithead rodeo. Yeah, it's it's a, you know, it's just a soap opera. Yeah. You know, the guiding tweeter as the tweet turns or general yeah. tweetstable. <laughs> but wow. yeah, I'm fine with that. You had a few Hey, man, you threw it out. You lay him up, I'll knock him out of the park. Uh, The best thing that I read yesterday was a really good thread by Christopher Moore, one of our favorite authors, Mm -hmm. um, talking about how stop judging people about having their Twitter blue checkmark. It's reach. It's it's reach and they need it to pay the – like some people need it to pay the fucking bills. So shut the fuck up and stop calling them Nazis, you know? Yeah, not all of them are Nazis, just most. Yeah. And, you know, I look at it this way. It's like, yeah, I – Elon, I'm not. I don't care about Elon. He'll 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 land on his feet. I care about those poor souls that he has trapped in the basement writing code that he won't give their visas back to, so they can live a normal life. You know, somebody has to think of the children. Nobody's writing code over there. (laughs) This is true. This is true. (laughs) Nobody. Open AI is writing the code for that site at this point. No doubt, because they're definitely not answering their their support emails or anything like that. No support. Remember, they've shut down their PR and they've shut down support. Yeah, there there ain't yeah. shit going on over there. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's just uh, let's well let's 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 do a temporary let's tentatively pause. We'll put a pause on Twitter talk for the time. Okay, sounds good to me. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Because uh, as you know, since we'll take Twitter out, but everybody won't shut the fuck up about AI. I feel I feel bad that we get to these things first, and yeah. then by the time it hits the mainstream, we're, we're just so tired of shit about it. it. I'm so tired of talking about it. <laughs> Somebody wrote a game called Human or Not. Which is basically a kind Hot of a chat. Yeah, well, it's, it's a little more fun than that. Um, it's a chat thing where you get to chat back and forth with somebody for a few minutes and figure out if you're talking to a human or an AI. Yep. And uh, it, the the fun part is you have to kind of figure out, is that person trying to be the AI or right. are they just trying to, you know. Are, are, are uh, we I've getting gas lamped? Yeah, I've, got, I've gotten it wrong every single time. I've tried it five times and I can't win. <laughs> I just realized I said gas lamped because I was reading. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I got got it. (laughs) No, but I was reading this really funny Instagram thing. Or it was actually it was a bunch of screenshots from Twitter. Ironically, uh, that was like, how do you keep relationships alive? You have to have the one thing that drives your spouse nuts that you do all the time. And Mm -hmm. and one of them was a a wife complaining that his husband always says gas lamp instead of gaslight, which is his way (laughs) of gas lamping her or gaslighting. Very oh, funny. very. That's, that's meta evil. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, more AI to come. In the news. Oh, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Here's the 10, 10 reasons why BuzzFeed News is shutting down. <laughs> uh, We've been couldn't... doing this podcast for so long. BuzzFeed didn't have a news division. Then we were sudden, Then we were shocked by the fact that BuzzFeed News was actually reliable. Well, here's the thing: they actually did start two years before we started our show, but they just oh, okay. they weren't really they weren't they hadn't peaked yet. Right. Um, but when we when we started the show, we had to start talking about them because we're like, 
wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. This story comes comes from where? <laughs> wait, what? This is it actually good? Yeah. And they got to the point where they want a fucking Pulitzer. They were that yeah. good. Yeah. And of course, we can't have nice things. So now the chat GPT is here and uh, we don't need to pay anybody for listicles. Yeah. So that's they're just going back to listicles and they're shutting down their news division, which is just sad. It is. It's sad that they can't monetize the one thing that they're actually really fucking good at that people want. Well, let us remember that news was never meant to be monetized. Mm hmm. It was supposed to be those government funded things that like Elon labeled everything except for the, <laughs> the common good. That's that was the point of news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They just did. They basically did news to keep their license. Yeah. So we have Ted Turner to thank for the rest of this bullshit. Yes. Uh, got an AI story here. A German has gaslamped <laughs> a prestigious uh, competition. Uh, there's some controversy in the photography world. An AI-generated image won a major prize at a prestigious competition, according to Petapixel. Uh, a piece called The Electrician by Boris Eldsdegen took first prize in the creative category at the World Photography Organization Sony World Photography Awards, despite not being taken by a camera. He did this on purpose, of course. He wanted to enter it to oh, see what would happen. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he won, and he's denying the prize and basically saying, I'm shining a light on this, and this is some bullshit. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> it's just annoying. Stop well, it this takes, shit, guys. People should be doing stuff like this. It, it, it is a conversation that needs to be had, and he is sparking a conversation, as they like to say. We've already had this conversation about the guy that got the award for the, the art piece the he already time. did. It's yeah. not the first time. So. so, yeah. Okay, we got it, guys. Yeah, you can do it. Stop it. Yep. Let the real photographers in. Let the real artists in. Let's go I back to being human. I think his point is you didn't know. Yeah. And, and we got to figure that out. <laughs> Which is really fucked up. You look at it and you know that thing's not real. I mean, it took two seconds to figure that out. There's <laughs> well, obviously didn't. people who don't sit around on, uh, you know, generative image platforms all day like the rest of us. But Yeah, look. like our Supreme Court that doesn't pay any attention to technology yet. Rules on it. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, more AI news. But this time, it's, this is another Elon story, though. He was this, wants a, to work was on this a real story or was this uh, Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk just blowing each other on air? I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. Okay. But uh, yes, he wants to work on Truth GPT. So, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he, you know, he he's worried about AI taking over the world and destroying the planet. I'm like, well, why the fuck did you fund OpenAI, which is now the crux of why everybody is losing their job? Hmm. Mm. The Asshole. best comment I saw on this was, "Isn't this the exact plot of Life, the Universe, and everything?" Kind of. <laughs> so, <laughs> or the uh, guide. So yeah. <laughs> the really fucked up thing here is it's. Uh, he was talking about – he said, we recognize humanity could decide to hunt down all the chimpanzees and kill them. We're actually glad that they exist and we aspire to protect their habitats, which is very funny because you kill quite a few of them with your Neuralink Yeah, product. I was about to say there's only one person I actively know of that's doing that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of all those senators who pass the, uh, the anti-gay legislation and then get caught blowing somebody in tap, the bathroom. Tap, tap, tap. Yep. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap. Yep. Yeah, I think Elon just needs to to rename this one. G, yeah, go fuck yourself, GPT. But here's 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 what really got me here. It's like mm -hmm. he call he says that humans are the interesting part of the universe, and that's why AI will it will be unlikely to annihilate us because we're interesting. Now, I have someone here who who would claim to differ. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are. A Play. 
See, that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's almost every sci-fi book out there that uh, tells us that that's not the way it's going to (laughs) go. No, but we're watching in real time because uh, there are – I've got three stories here right in a row. Um, The links will be in the show notes. Yes, everybody that worked inside of Microsoft and Google – no mention of OpenAI here though, of course – saying, hey, this isn't ready for prime time. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Uh, I love this one. Uh, People were complaining at Microsoft. The ethicists and other employees said a planned chatbot could flood Facebook groups with disinformation, degrade critical thinking, and erode the factual foundation of modern society. Thus taking jobs away from people on social media. Yeah, I'm like, have you been to Facebook? They were doing that fine without the AI. Yeah, people were doing just fine doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so. Uh, And Insider is laying off 10% of their staff because they're pivoting to AI as well. Okay. Well, Business Insider has been... uh... Has not been the greatest recently, so okay. Yeah, no, uh, I, we're, we're definitely not reviewing or we're not, renewing we're not our subscription. Renewing that, yeah. No, I've that got one's... zero stories from there, and they're so poorly written these days. Oh God, it's. I mean, it's gotten ter- like you know. I think it was like six or seven months ago they just pivoted to shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was their pivot. Like we're just going to be really shittier than we used to be now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the EU is back in action. They are spinning up a new. <laughs> oh. A new uh, set of uh, internet cops over there. Okay. This is going to be fun. This is going to be very fun. Uh, yes. So we've got the Digital Services Act mm-hmm. coming into effect. And the uh, so they're spinning up the European Center for Algorithmic Algor- – I can speak pretty one day. A European Center for Algorithmic Transparency or ECAT. Okay. So now we've got the DSA and the ECATs. And, and they are saying that – the, uh, the function of ECAT is going to identify smoking guns and uh, drive enforcement of the DSA when it comes to AI. Okay. So they're going to be looking for bias and be able to prove that bias so then the other companies can de-bias it. <laughs> Put on the de-bias filter. <laughs> yes, I love this. Both regulations will come into force in the coming months, although the full sweep of provisions in the DSA won't start being enforced until early 2024. But a subset of the so-called very large online platforms or VLOPs and very large online search engines or VLUs uh, face imminent oversight. And I love this. Expand the usual EU acronym soup. Acronym soup. Acronym. Yeah. acronym soup tastes terrible, just like like an ECAT <laughs> would taste probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're trying over there. They're trying. Good. We'll see how that Somebody goes. needs to. Good luck. <laughs> we can't tell anymore what, what what's what, but mm. eh. anyway, uh, Niantic, the makers of uh, Pokemon Go and mm-hmm. uh, other AR type of games that we mm. all love to hate. Um, so, so long and thanks for all the Pikachus on this one. They are shutting down their NFT trading post and their Web3 products. So Good. Nobody yep. wants them. Nobody cares. And I'm thrilled about this because my kid is so into Pokemon right now. And so, and so far, I've kept it physical and real. It's cards and all that sort of stuff. But this mm-hmm. is coming for me. And the fa- fact that I don't have to yell at him for wanting an NFT is great. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Good timing, Nantech. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of these Web3 projects shudder. Yeah, of course. Uh, good morning on Twitter is going to go away. Thank God. Well, no, well. Except for is one it, man. though? Except Is for it one though? Man. Except for one man that we both two. know. I got two. I got two. <laughs> okay. Um, his boss. <laughs> Him and his boss. Uh, so that's that's good. Kind of, although I did see, I can't find the link to it though. Uh, I believe Nike is uh, doing a new NFT drop this week or very soon. Oh, great! Can't get wait to get a virtual shoe. 
Exactly. To go yeah. on my no virtual legs in <laughs> Facebook's no virtual world. Oh, yeah, that's gone, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they actually opened up to uh, kids now because they couldn't get the adults to use it. Their yeah. virtual horizons. Mm-hmm. They're opening it up to children. Perfect. Great. Way that's go, what guys. we need. I'm sure there's a lot of oversight in there. Oh, yes. Plenty. Yeah. Plenty. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, there was no oversight at Google for a while here because uh, this gentleman up in Canada, Candanadia, mm-hmm. was uh, is basically mislabeled as a pedo on a website, right? I so, blame Elon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't know who this guy is because the court has sealed his identity for at least another 45 days. Good. But uh, he's been suing for years trying mm-hmm. to get his this defam- like defamation taken right. off the internet. Good luck yeah. there. Um, he finally got a judgment from Google for $500,000. He was asking for $6 million, but the whole – thing here is just kind of screwed up. And the judge even acknowledged this. It's like, look, you got a third party who posted the information, another third party that linked to the information, and yet another third party that indexed and, uh, you know, bubbled up the information. So blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the judge at least said Google has some responsibility here. So here's $500,000. Go with God. That's going to (laughs) help. Yeah, the guy's 70 years old, I guess. So uh, he, You know, yeah. he needs to talk to Hulk Hogan, the only man on in the history of the world that has made something completely disappear off the internet. Well, uh, he needs to talk to Peter Thiel. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's really who you got to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Try and find uh, that. You still can't find that Hulk Hogan porn tape, I swear. It's gone. It's gone. It is gone. It does not yep. exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure half uh, of Palantir is still dedicated to that. <laughs> it's just playing in their offices nonstop. <laughs> Never go there. Uh, I saw this really great article over at Slate, kind of a long-form article called Purgatory with Perks. And we had talked about this. Uh, These are people that got uh, basically hired at Meta. Great job. Big paycheck. And they were just waiting for something to do. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever came along. And then they got fired. Yep. (laughs) Oh, Uh, sorry. (laughs) Here, get paid a lot of money to sit around and do nothing. And then... Yeah, then at some point they're going to take it away. Surprise, shocker. Hmm? Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't feel for the people. I just think it points a points a hell of a finger at Meta and how poorly it's being run. So this, uh, the article goes through about three to four people that uh, worked there and got hired and basically just sat sat there and it, they were supposed to start stuff and were told you'll start any month now, and then just nothing ever happened. And yeah, so Meta's going great. Yeah, I, but I bet I bet if you lift the you know, turn the lights on and all the cockroaches will start running away to every other company out there that has extra money that is doing the exact same thing, I bet. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Apple okay. and Google have rooms of people or people sitting up on the rooftop in their lounge chairs <laughs> with nothing to do because they just want to they want to lock down the talent. Yep. Agreed. And uh, speaking of Facebook, uh, our longstanding uh, or at least my longstanding belief is uh, if there is a class action lawsuit, it is your moral and ethical duty to get your 25 cents. Because yep. if you don't, they take the money back. And mm-hmm. this, is, this is the only way to get it. So you can now apply for your share of a $725 million Facebook data privacy settlement. Link in the show notes. And this goes all the way back to Cambridge Analytica at the beginning of time. Ooh. Yeah. So so basically everybody is... Uh... Everybody on Facebook. Oh, shit. I'm in. Yep. <laughs> I'll go get my 25 cent. Yep. Go get it. And yeah. And, and some of the... You know, nowadays they're, they're trying to change some of these... Uh, these judgments. I think we did one last week where there was a stipulation in there that none of the money, if not claimed, goes back to the uh, actually goes back to the company. 
Generally, mm-hmm. it goes to the lawyers. Yeah, so but... I know you, I, I know you live with the enemy, so we won't disparage too much. But uh, you don't want to <laughs> give the lawyers any more money. So go get your 25 cents like Brian says. Except for my lawyer. Give her more money. Your, your lawyer works for Universal. We'll talk about her in about 10 oh, seconds. Oh, we will be talking about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw this over on 60 Minutes. Is AI moving humanity forward as artificial intelligence advances, Google leaders say. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is prop ai as I would like to call this now. Uh, There's what we're learning from all of these people now is how the sausage is made, sort of. Uh, And it's all, it's, it's not AI. It is, it's probability and Mm -hmm. large data sets and auto, auto complete. Pattern (laughs) matching, auto complete. Yep. Yep. I still say, go read that Cal Newport article that I put in last week's show. It is the best explainer of how all this shit works. Having said all that though, if I tell it to write me a press release for X, it does a great job. Oh, it does a great job for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, because I, I just I, – this has been bothering me. We're in this race to recreate human intelligence inside of a computer. But you know what's really easy to make? A human with human intelligence. Also, Hell I think we should easier. be spending a lot of our effort on making humans more intelligent. That's been we a should- real problem. Yep, that has been a real problem. Yeah, let's let's put those let's put those hundreds of millions of dollars maybe straight into education. Maybe uh, maybe that'll maybe. work. Yeah, not not yeah. giving the teachers guns. Maybe making the teachers better at teaching. Yeah, that could be yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. Just give them bulletproof vests and a better degree. How's that? <laughs> we'll upgrade there. Well, South Korea is having a problem with not enough people uh, because all the kids like to stay inside and play their video games and not yeah. bang apparently. Yes, because so. the hits the same pleasure centers and more often. Yep. So who said living in your parents' basement and playing video games doesn't pay? Well, Korea is now giving out at least $500 a month to basically recluse kids. Uh, The so-called, was it uh, uh, hikikomori is what they're calling. It's a Japanese term for kids who basically like to stay home and play video games. Wow. It's universal loser income. It is universal. Oh, I like that. Show show title. Show title. Uh, So they just want kids to get out and do more things. So they're giving them money. Um, okay. <laughs> Maybe so they turn use off their that money access. to buy better video games. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, here's the deal. Turn off the internet access for 12 hours mm-hmm. a day. Yep. There you go. That'll get them out of the house. That is 100% coming in my household when, when I get to that point. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's very much going to be a no internet time period. Oh, I wish I could have that at my house. You can. But no, I can't because I'm the one that controls the internet and I like the internet. <laughs> You need a universal loser income. I do too, yes. Oh, God. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show/vpn, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. 
That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Media candy. Brian? Yes. Let me uh let me warm up the warp core. Ooh, here we go. Okay. And uh, I have to rem- remind people who uh who did not tune in last week. While you hear the warp core humming, we are going to be talking spoilers about Picard. So, fast forward if you don't want to hear everything we have to say about it cuz we're going to say some shit right now. <laughs> Holy shit buckets. <laughs> It was very good. I um, I <laughs> I poured myself a glass of wine. I had some cheese and crackers. I, I settled in for the uh, fan servicing nostalgia fest. Um, I, I of course, you know, it it was a gift that we got it. Oh, uh, it was. Sure, they did the same ending. Sure, why not? Um, so? <laughs> sure, it felt like Star Wars at times. Why why not? Um, it was beautiful. I, I I loved it. It was fantastic. I'm I'm thrilled we got it. I want more. There's no doubt about it. I, there's oh, I just don't. something about that crew. <laughs> I, I, oh. You just want to see them together. It's it's amazing. Uh, I hope they do legacy. I, I loved bringing Q back at the end. The perfect circle. Why not? Um, you know, one thing stuck in my mind, Jason, and maybe I should let you. You do your impressions first, and then I want. I I have a question. Okay. Uh, first off, I missed this cue bit. Oh, you that? did not see the post credit scene. I don't watch post credits. I'm old. I see credits roll. I'm done. Oh, Jason. I got to go back now. I missed something. Should we pause the show? <laughs> no, I'm not going to pause the show. Um, 
So I yes, I played hooky for an hour. I went to my studio. I turned the lights off. I turned my my beautiful stereo speaker monitors here up mm-hmm. loud and pissed off half the building. <laughs> uh, poured myself a cup of tea and just kicked back and enjoyed it. There were there were a couple tissues that were needed in there. I won't I won't uh, front on that. It was mm-hmm. just for me. It was just it tugged every single string that you could tug. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Yep. Um, yep. I and my favorite my favorite line of the whole episode, of course, are. Sorts of fun. <laughs> that, that was, was a, a good great one. line. It was a good one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they set it up perfectly with you know the the farewells, the tearful farewells when they beam down to the board cube. Perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And, and as soon as they set that up, I'm like, everybody's coming home. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, there, there was so, no way they were going to kill off a major character. No, God, no franchises and all that good stuff. You know, there's way too much money involved. Check off. Kill, but, oh, that was a great one. Yep, that, was that was a great, great. one. Bringing yeah. Tuvok back, that was nice for yeah. a, a proper uh, cameo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, okay, so hopefully, I, I, since I didn't see this uh, this thing at the end with Q, please tell me Wesley didn't show up. Because this no, was Wesley. a, this was, oh, thank God, this was a Wesley free zone, and it was beautiful. It was yes. beautiful. They got it out of their system at the end of season two. I'm fine with that. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Okay, bring, what, what else you got? Okay, so my, my, my question and again, one can argue that we did not need season one and two at all. We got them, and they were okay, uh, but we didn't need them. But the Borg. Yeah. Did we not send back West Wing Chick to take over the entire Borg collective? Why are there still Borg? Why, yeah. why, is, there, why is there the Borg Queen when we sent off super powerful West Wing Borg? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right. Just They just dropped that. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. It just stuck in the back of my mind the whole time. I'm like, oh, Borg. Okay, but we, we kind of solved the Borg problem already. We thought so. Okay. We thought so. All right. Okay. Um, I, I, I do have to point out that, that the woman who did play the Borg Queen did die recently. And uh, yes, I think for a final did. performance, it was fantastic. She killed it. I thought she was fantastic. but That wasn't her. That was oh, that Alice Creek. Alice Creek came back to play her because she, she passed away before they shot that. I didn't know that. Oh, well, see, this is me doing research. I thought okay. it was her. <laughs> um, okay, here, and here's one, here's one other thing that got me. Okay, so very end scene there. The Enterprise just pulls up in the, in, in the roof's open. Yes. In a spaceship. Yep. Uh, the roof's open. Yep. <laughs> They're standing there in a board cube <laughs> with the roof open, and there's a spaceship. Breathing, but the Borg was solved fine. already, too, Jason. Let's not nitpick too much. Okay, it was wonderful. Just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. It was a fucking awesome scene, but the roof's open. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Okay. Yeah. And the counselor yeah. can actually locate people by their feelings. That's, I mean, if we're going to start doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. Okay, it was, fuck it. It, it was, was great. too much fun. It was wonderful. All right. Okay. Warp, okay, are we done with the spoilers? Can I turn yes, the engine off? Yes, we can turn off, off, turn off the warp core. All right. Back to impulse power. All right. Speaking of Star Trek, Paramount Plus has greenlit a Star Trek film starring Michelle Yao for Section 31. Uh, it was initially announced that it was going to be a series, at which point I thought that there's no there's no way they're signing her on for five to seven years. That's never going to happen. So yep. we're getting a movie. Yeah, and I'm hey, okay man, with when that. that Oscar, that price goes up a <laughs> yeah, exactly. lot. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm happy about that. We're getting we're getting a movie. We'll see when we get it. Uh, Strange New Worlds comes back June fifteenth, so we don't Can't have to wait. go long without Star Trek, the good yep. Star Trek. You know they they tie they time it just right to keep you hooked on that. Uh, oh, that then I, I'm just giving up on the fact that I'm turning off Paramount Plus ever. I'm just keeping it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just now the Star, Star Trek it's, Network. 
Yeah, it's your Star Trek fee every week. Yeah. You know, you're in the Starfleet Union. Just forget about it. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Paramount Plus and vaguely Star Wars, Star Trek-y kind of related stuff, Galaxy Quest series is report- reportedly coming as well. So it's the all sci-fi network now. Uh, no Alan Rickman, obviously, who was the best part of the show. Of yeah. The movie, but uh, And we don't know if anybody's coming back or if it's going to be a re- reboot. We just heard they're going to do it. So I grabbed Thar's hammer. Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. And speaking of reboots, I, I'm we can leave no IP unrebooted at this point, apparently, because uh, in the news this week alone, Twilight getting a reboot, Harry Potter getting a reboot with HBO. What? Oh, um, yeah, they're going to do one season per book, I guess, on HBO. Uh, Twilight is coming back, as I stated. X-Files is apparently getting a reboot uh, with uh, Ryan Coogler. This, uh, Chris Carter confirmed this. Um, I mean, again, it's, it, it, scripts will be written. We'll see what actually happens. <laughs> yeah, man, the X Files. No, just just stop. just let it die. You <laughs> that thing it with not, the movies. I don't know if you've watched it. That does not have legs. It I'm is sure bad. It doesn't. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. bad. So. Okay. Well, I never watched Twilight, so that'll be an easy one. Harry Potter. We're done. Don't need to see that <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm in Harry Potter land with my kid now, so I oh, it's perfect for you, it. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's perfect. So, yep, okay, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Barry uh, is finally mm-hmm. back. I saw the first two episodes; they dropped uh, the first two back to back. Oh my god, it's such a great show! <laughs> it's I've such a great show. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, the one thing about this uh, these first two episodes, it is a very straightforward, simple show, but they have enough budget where the cinematography. And set design in the show is so unbelievable and subtle and off the hook. It's just like, how the fuck did they come up? with They're just spending money to spend money on some of these shots. <laughs> and it works. It is beautiful. But if you're not looking for it, it, it just would, it, you know, it could be just a wipe. But you realize like, no, they built this giant set out here in the desert to just do this one little scene. It's like, oh, it's so cool. I mean, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Just just for that alone, but the story is fucking awesome. It is hilarious. If you haven't watched Barry, definitely <laughs> watch Barry. Yeah. I think you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. I think so too. I mean, just from what I've seen of it. So I'll, I will get on that. Yeah. Uh, I did watch American Manhunt, the Boston Marathon bombing. Not very mm-hmm. techy, but uh, it is the anniversary of the bombing. Yep. A uh, long time ago now. It's crazy. It doesn't feel like it was 10 years ago, but um, <laughs> there was a lot in there I didn't know. I mean, I just remember the guy in the boat. <laughs> that was about all I remembered, but uh, it was a really, really good uh, short documentary. Highly recommended. Very cool. And uh, Brian, this is where we go into your territory. I saw this one <laughs> over on uh, on Wired. AI-generated music is about to flood streaming platforms. Already and- has. This is what caught me. The music business is pushing back against AI. Universal Music Group, home to superstars like Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj and Bob Dylan, has urged Spotify and Apple to block AI tools from scraping lyrics and melodies from its artists' copyrighted songs. Um, Can't you just go get the songs without having to quote-unquote scrape anything? You can. The issue that Universal Music Group is having is they do not want AI trained on their IP. Okay, but can't somebody just say go buy the songs and point their AI at a local library of all the songs to train it on it instead you of can, having to... but that would not be legal. Okay, well, I didn't say it was legal. <laughs> I'm just saying this is kind of silly. This is like you know asking Google to stop scraping the web. It's it's I don't know. I I, I get I get it. It's, it's baby steps. It's baby yes, steps. It's baby steps. You have to say something. Some and you have to find a reason to say something because you have to protect your artist's copyrights. 
<laughs> so they can make all the money. That's right. Yeah. Well, they did all the work. They wrote the songs. They recorded well, I that. the songs. No, I was talking about the I was talking about the <laughs> labels, not the artists. The artists don't get shit. Oh yeah, no, no. The labels <laughs> want all the money and I want the label to get the money so my wife gets paid. <laughs> yeah, and I want you to get paid so we can keep doing the show. So yeah, there we go. Because if I yeah, exactly. She is she is <laughs> indirectly funding the <this> show. <laughs> <laughs> Indirectly, yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So it, it's it's uh, this is a Pandora's box. Uh, it's opened. Um, in my opinion, I think labels should be spinning up AI divisions already, and they should be t- tactfully using their catalogs to do these sorts of things. But uh, you, you know, I've been laughed out of uh, many a music industry meeting, only to be proven right five years later. So here we are again. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so let's talk about some of the stuff that's out there already. Uh, Fake Drake and The Weeknd collaboration song with AI-generated vocals uh, went out last weekend, went viral, uh, was posted on YouTube and other streaming platforms. This is another one that Universal – this kind of is the one that basically Universal went, hang on a second, guys, (laughs) because it was just everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was titled Heart on My Sleeve, and the track was created by an anonymous TikToker, Ghostwriter977, who put it up on major streaming platforms under the moniker Ghostwriter. So, yeah, and it, uh, by all accounts, people like it. Uh, I saw some very funny arguments say, saying that, uh, well, basically, Drake sounds like AI already. So it's not that much of a stretch here, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, the statement that they issued, the training of generative AI using our artist music, which represents both a breach of our agreements and a violation of copyright law, as well as the availability of infringing content created with generative AI, AI on DSPs, begs the question as to which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on, the side of artists, fans, and human creative expression, or on the side of deep fakes, fraud, and denying artists their due compensation. Good point, but again, Pandora's box. So... Uh, somebody a little less AI sounding, Liam Gallagher from Oasis. Uh, there was an Oasis mock-up that came out, a, a deep fake or whatever we're going to call it, generative AI music. We need a snappy term for this. Yes, we do. Uh, look no further than Alsis, an AI-generated Oasis. Oh, okay. AI-sis. <laughs> Sorry, not Alsis. Not you can call me Al, but uh, AI. Fantastic song, by the way. Yes. This is a musical artificial intelligence crossover project by the UK band Breezer, who basically said, we are sick of waiting for another Oasis album. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, they put it out there and Liam Gallagher is a fan. It's better than all the other snizzle out there. He wrote in a tweet about the project. He added, I sound mega. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll just give him Which a cut, arguably, let him run. yes, uh, Liam Gallagher has sounded like shit for about two decades now, and this sounds much better than he does at this point. So there you go. <laughs> See, there is a place for it in modern society. There is. It's just <laughs> it, it, uh, you, you got to follow the money, as always, Jason. Yep. Who's getting the money from this? Who's getting mm-hmm. the rights from it? And that's all that. At the end of the day, that's all the labels give a shit about. They can posture all they want about how this is a grave infringement and blah, 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 blah. Bullshit. As long as the money goes to the right people, (laughs) they won't care. And that's what it's going to come down to. So it's going to be like sampling uh, was back in the 80s and all that sort of thing. No, you can't do it to, okay, you got to pay us for it. So you pay for it. You pay. You pay to do an AI song based on Taylor Swift. Fine. They'll be fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, where uh, the, where's the API for me to to grab T Swift, you know, grab her voice and throw it in my song, and then just give you, you know, twenty percent yeah. off the top? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's how it's all going to shake out, and we all know it. So, mm-hmm. but we got a posture until then. 
And then there's a pretty good uh, opinion piece over on The Guardian. We soon won't tell the difference between AI and human music, so can pop survive? Uh, I really Better enjoyed it says the article. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the, uh, the end uh, paragraph here. But because of the way it is trained, AI will always be a tribute act. Exactly. It mm-hmm. may be a very good tribute act, the type that were a human would get year-round bookings on cruise ships and in Las Vegas casinos, but it cannot by its nature make something wholly original, much less yearn or be broken up with or catch an eye across a dance floor, all the stuff that music has written about and which makes it resonate. AI makes music in a vacuum, totally aware of musical history without having lived through it. We won't be able to spot the difference between humans and AI, yet I hope we can feel it. To which I say, Yet. Yet, exactly. <laughs> Yet, uh, because yeah, you know, you have everything else trained on human emotions. I mean, shit. Look at look at ChatGPT's output. Some mm-hmm. of that shit is really, really good. Yeah, as far as that, because it's trained on us. So, uh, yeah. uh, Spotify, my favorite company in the world for fucking up the podcast industry. Thank you very much. Um, and here's they they've made a statement. Given our position as the leading global podcast platform, oh, fuck yourself, we are expanding our windowing strategies to increase the audiences and ad sales potential of our shows. Read into that uh, the fact that they couldn't sell ads on it because they're in a fucking walled garden. Yep. And they said, in this case, we're pursuing broad distribution for some of our original podcasts like Science Versus or Science Versus This. This will be done, or I don't know, science versus. This will be done on a case-by-case basis and over time. So fuck you, Spotify. And what they're what they're saying here is our, our, our basically walled garden strategy <laughs> has failed. Yep. The open system is where people make money on podcasts. So we're going to go do that now. Yep. I hate you, Spotify. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I'm just like the mom and pop shop when uh, Walmart rolled into town and fucked everything up. And then Amazon rolled in and fucked up Walmart. It's just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm an old man yelling at the void right now. <laughs> Pisses me off. Okay. Ups and doodads. Brian, you talked about Angry Birds the other day and how you can't find a version that just you can pay for and not have yep. the in-app purchases. Well, yep. unfortunately, I think you're going to be stuck with that for the rest of time because Sega is acquiring Rovio for $775 million. And to make that money back, they ain't giving Ads. you shit. <laughs> Ads <laughs> yep. and in-gaming purchases. Yeah. Actually, uh, a parenting note, um, my kid no longer plays Angry Birds because we took it away from him. Because uh, solution, Angry solution. Birds turned uh, turned him into Angry Kid. Really, a hundred percent. I was like, "Fuck this shit!" Uh, it started already. Screen time is not good for kids. Like uh, the educational games that he plays, fine, and we keep it to uh, you know thirty minutes to forty minutes a day. That's it, tops. But the game made him angry. He really? noticeably changed, noticeably changed after playing it. Wow. Yep. So okay. gone. It's gone. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yep. That's pretty funny. I'm sure yeah. you're not laughing, but hey. No, it was a fucking miserable month. <laughs> but he's over it now. He's, he's He went through the shakes and his withdrawals, and uh, now he's okay. And okay. He's a much nicer kid. <laughs> Anyways, Instagram is now letting you add five links to your profile so you can stop using Linktree. Oh, God. Linktree. Man, the innovation that comes out of these companies these days, huh? Am I right? Oh. Linktree. The day that that thing came out, we were doing the show when that came out. And I was like, wait a minute. You got how much? I mean, it, it started off, they got $1 million in funding, I believe, at the beginning. And I was just like, you got to be fucking shitting me. For that was a weekend links. project. Yeah. 
It was a weekend project. Oh, wait a minute. It was a weekend project. I did a decade ago. <laughs> a decade ago. It was called Blog Rolling. Too soon? It was, I know. It, well, it, now it's been two decades ago. I, I, I think I won, I won the South by Southwest Award for Best Blogging Tool two years in a row, back to back, for blog rolling. And what was blog rolling? A list of fucking links, just like Linktree. Know how much I money it. I made on, on blog rolling? I sold it to two cows for 40 grand. That was it. I bought you a beer. Yeah. A couple of people <laughs> bought me a few beers. But the only thing that I got out of that was a really nice cat or really nice career in blogging for, you know, another decade. But, yeah. um, but these people, it, it, this thing is worth like, if you look at the Linktree valuation, it's ridiculous. It's like over $100 million or something. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But it's entirely built on the fact that they wouldn't add this to their stupid Instagram. Yep. And, and now, now they, they did. did. <laughs> See, the thing is when you're – and I had this talk with uh, Ben and Mina Trot. Uh, they they did movable type back in the day. And this was right when movable type was a thing, back when Anil Dash was still on board and Joey Ito was uh, one of the big guys there. And they were going to buy blog rolling from me. Mm -hmm. And I was going to go work for movable type. Yeah. And um, – Should have done it. <laughs> here's the thing. Ben Trot had had a brain and he's like – why am I going to buy this? This is a feature. I can write this in a weekend. And I'm like, he gets it. Yep. yep. And the only reason that they were going to bring me on as talent, but Ben and I, we fought tooth and nail because movable type was written in Perl and I was a PHP guy. And I'm like, yep. anything written in Perl is not going to survive. You have to write this shit in PHP. It is the language of the future. Guess what? Guess who won the fucking war on that one? Technically Python did. WordPress, but... <laughs> WordPress won on that one. But Python, I, everything is Python now. I thought yeah. about it, but I'm like, no, I'm too yeah, old to learn another language. Get that. I'll but, just have ChatGPT write it for me. Exactly. But when, you're, when your company is just a feature, do not get surprised when they say, oh, well, we can implement that. Mm -hmm. It's Apple's fucking MO. Come on. At the library. I put this in last week, but we kind of ran out of time. Uh, it's called Make Something Wonderful, Steve Jobs in His Own Words. It's an ebook that you can get uh, on online or download. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. a really nicely well done uh, – the website I really like. Uh, it's something that you and I would have been paid a very large amount of money to do back in the early days of the web, which makes yeah. me sad. Yeah, <laughs> but me too. It's nice. It's nice, yeah. yeah. And apparently they made a bunch of physical books that people immediately put on eBay <laughs> and <laughs> – the uh, the foundation had them removed, had the listings removed, which I thought was kind of shitty. But it's like you send them the book if they want to sell it, sell it. Yeah, it's, it's their deal. book now. Yep. Uh, I've been reading Ch uh, Choke Point Capitalism. By reading, I mean listening to because I uh, bought this book a while ago. It's Rebecca Giblin and Corey Doctorow. Um, I reviewed this originally when I listened to it for like 10 minutes and was like, oh, this is the same stuff they've been spewing. And I was just in a mood. I was in a bad mood. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I went back and I started to listen to it and it is a really, really well done, basically just overview of everything we've always talked about how, you know, basically the gatekeepers are back in yeah. a lot of, a lot of areas, you know, music, yeah. writing, uh, basically books and audio books and all this other stuff. All uh, entertainment. So, yeah. All yeah. entertainment and how big tech basically just, you know, has it by the balls. Mm -hmm. uh, it's good. It's really good. It's, you know. 
it's depressing in yeah. some cases, but in the other cases, it's like, well, if you want to change it, just get off your ass and change it. If you want to make the world a better place. For some reason, when you're saying that, I'm like, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got my peanut butter in your chocolate. <laughs> I do not know why that popped into my head. That is weird. Maybe I'm just hungry. Okay. Um, so uh, basically, it's you know, it's a call to arms to take take back your media. And if you want to do that, I do recommend reading Snow Leopard, how legendary writers create a category of one. Uh, if you get it on Audible, I read it to you. So mm, there's always the that. Tones. Yes, that's right. Uh, it is a fantastic book on the business of writing and has some of the best data that's ever been produced on independent authors and how books are made and sold. Uh, they spend a lot of time and a lot of money on it. And um, – it's a, it's a great book if you are a writer who wants to get into the publishing business. So here's the TLDR. Don't go to a publishing house. Do it yourself. But yep. they have tools and tricks on how to do it. It's a very good book, not just because I read it. Speaking of that, the guy that I uh, really liked that wrote those history books, the the you know, the Kersey professor, I can't remember his name offhand right now, but I'll put, mm -hmm. I'll put a link to his uh, books in the show notes. He self-published. And then uh, sold a ton of both volumes, and now he has a major deal. They came to him later and gave him a ton of money to re-release the books. That's how you do it. Yep. And that's why, that's why I was uh, talking about last week with Cal Newport where like I hate the advice that he's giving new writers, which is like, you know, grind, 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 get, a, get an agent, get a, you know, get a literary agent, pitch to a major house, get a, get a shitty advance that they're going to make all the money on. I mean – if you in Snow Leopard, they break this shit down, and it's like you get you get nothing, you you get absolutely nothing from these people. And talking to other authors, it's like you, they expect you to pay for your own editor, you have to pay for your own promotion. They basically just do print on demand nowadays. Yeah. So what your guy did is is exactly what you what you got to do nowadays. And you gave me time to Google it. Uh, James fell on this day in history. Shit went down. Volumes one and two. All right, Fantastic put that link books. in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and since it's been a while since we did At the Library, I did finish Dead Famous, an unexpected history of celebrity from Bronze Age to Silver Screen by Greg Jenner. I do love his voice. He has a couple other books. Um, I did not care for this book, but probably just the subject matter. I still like the way he writes. I think he's a, he's a great writer. Um, I will be trying other books of his. Okay. Um, I've dug into Daniel Suarez's new book, uh, Critical Mass which mm -hmm. is the second book in the Delta V series. I like Delta V. I thought it was a good book. Critical Mass is slow. <laughs> slow. It's like, get to the point. Um, I'm halfway through it, and I hope it picks up soon. I mean, it's good. It's, it's, it's better than his other stuff, to be honest. You know, ever since, uh, was it uh, Freedom Downtime, or was it Freedom TM and... Uh, something downtime. What the fuck was his, his first book? I can't remember right now. Uh, Daniel like Suarez's it. first two books were fantastic. And then he had a very long drought of mediocre <laughs> books, I thought, uh, until Delta V. And Delta V was a nice nice return to uh, a different subject matter because I like his style of writing. I just didn't like what he was saying <laughs> in the other <laughs> books. Uh, but yeah, Critical Mass so far is decent, but it's just really got to – it's got to pick up the pace some, hopefully. The Dark Side. With Dave. Welcome to the Dark Side with Dave with podcast superhost Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the Cyberwire podcast for all your cybersecurity news. The co-host of Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan discussing how humans are mean. The co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen because people are still nosy. And the host of Control Loop because they're going to come take over the world. Hi, Dave. Hello. 
<laughs> I like uh, the idea of podcast superhost, and maybe I I real I need my own like musical motif, like missed uh, opportunity in, in for Jones podcast or, Sith. <laughs> podcast <laughs> Sith, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good. True. True. (laughs) There's always next week, Brian. There's always next week. That's true. I don't know. I mean, so you're assuming that I'm on the. I mean, it is the dark side. The the dark side. I thought Jedi first. Yeah. Okay. I don't really consider myself a dark side kind of person, but well, we're doing dark side commentary. That means that could mean that you're on the. You're you're still a good guy. It's okay. He's commenting on it. It's a yellow saber for those uh, keeping track. You know. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah. Very nice. All right, we got a little follow up from uh, last week. This is from Brian with a Y. Tell Bittner to get a Fire Stick, get the downloader app, and get Cody. Once Cody is installed, he needs to Google search Cody Fire Stick Builds. The two apps I use to watch MLB is The Crew and The Loop. It's not the best solution, but it works for me. Again, though, last week when discussing this, Dave said, easy. Yes. (laughs) Setting up a Cody box is not easy. So, yeah. So I got – first of all, thank you, Brian, for taking the time to write in. Um, Several people wrote in to me with um, air quotes solutions. Um, (laughs) Friend of the show, uh, Seth, the football collector, wrote in. He said, this is what I do. I have MLB TV. Mm -hmm. I also use a VPN called CyberGhost and an Android TV device, Chromecast, with Google TV. The Android equipment is the only thing I found that will let you disguise your location with a VPN. Uh, I picked CyberGhost because they were fast and recommended for sports streaming. So this is all great, but to Brian's point, it's not just me. Like if if I were a single guy living by myself in a barely decorated apartment, this would be perfect for me. But I have a family who also <laughs> wants to watch baseball and this is far too much – hoop jumping to make it tenable within at least the dynamics of my family, uh, this would not be an easily workable solution. So I'm still chasing down an Apple TV solution and I will let you know if I get successful. I just haven't bothered because my desire to watch a Blues Jays game is almost non-existent. So when when I get that itch, I will attempt a, a solution I found online and let you know. Okay. Terrific. Interesting thing that came out of Discord this week that I thought was funny. They don't use your IP address when you're doing things through Apple Apps. They use the country that you're actually registered to. So not it doesn't matter true. if you use it's not, not true. Tr- I'm registered oh. through the US. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Good. Okay. I, I read that and I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. But okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So but somehow they still know. Around. Yeah, somehow yeah, they there's still a, know there's for, a couple uh, deep dive settings apparently in Apple TV that I need to to get into. So I just uh, haven't done it yet. So, again, okay. not easy. Yeah. <laughs> not well, easy set it, set it, and forget it. Theoretically, so okay, we'll right, yeah, right. Anyway, so uh, so uh, we had a big event, the Mandalorian finale. Unfortunately for me, it's it was completely blown out of the water by the Picard finale. So this is a bit of a letdown discussion for me. It was fine, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It I actually enjoyed it the most of the season. I thought it was. I thought it was a great finale. I I I actually think it should be the show finale. Personally, even with that little nineteen seventies end with the little circle. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I I I agree with everything that you both said. Now I have not watched the Picard finale because I'm still a season behind, but it's on my list. Yeah. Um, and I thought the Mandalorian finale was great fun. It, I mean, it literally just picked up where the previous episode 
stopped. So basically mm-hmm. a two-parter. Yep. Uh, lots of action, lots of fun. My thoughts were that, yes, it could have been a series finale. Mm-hmm. They buttoned it up and it, I would be content if it ended yes. here. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me like what they're doing is putting them back on track to the the Episodic. Western – yeah, just yeah. the the Western bad guy of the week pattern that they had early on in the series. And that's fine and that's fun. But then also very easily I could imagine uh, a spinoff of the other Mandalorians dealing with starting up their home, home planet or rebooting their home planet. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, I think the disappointing thing for me about about it, um, I did enjoy it in general. Uh, the dark saber, total MacGuffin. Yeah, mm. <laughs> uh, uh, a nothing. It just destroyed at the end, and who cares? Um, that was a. That, <laughs> it was made such a big deal throughout the show, and then it's just like, oh, it's gone now. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could, could be could be back. I mean, nothing's ever gone. Uh, I guess Darth Maul taught us that nothing's yes. ever gone forever yeah. <laughs> in the Star Wars universe, yes. right? So overall, it, it was it was it was good. I am I am looking forward to some of the new shows. I'm particularly uh, Osaka. That that's the big one for me that I'm looking forward to. That I I guess is going to really push forward the universe now. What I do hope that they do is keep the shows separate as much as possible. I don't I don't need these crossover Boba Fett type things nobody um, needs boba fett yeah we don't need boba <laughs> fett back in boba fett was basically imagine? a mandalorian <laughs> season, small season so yeah you can know. you imagine teenage versions of us saying we don't need boba fett oh i know <laughs> that was the biggest that was the biggest disappointment about the book of yeah. boba fett i was like i have waited my entire life for a show about Boba Fett, and this is what I you give me? <laughs> I think it yeah. was all summed up when he got out of the Sarlacc pit in about 30 seconds. Yeah, pretty much. Well, the way I reconcile that in my own mind is that I just think of The Mandalorian as actually being the Boba Fett series. I, right. Like, he is... Yeah, it's a bunch of he Boba is Bo- He's yeah. Boba Fett, so, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. I, would, I yeah. would like to point out that, you know, that guy had a lot of gas in his tank to make it all the way up to the ship. With his little jetpack, <laughs> yes. And I, I didn't know those were spacesuit spacesuit helmets that they could take off and on. They, they that seem easy. pretty easy on and off to be yeah. uh, completely vacuum sealed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's true too, right? I mean, right. sometimes they, they do make... put in the sound effect of <laughs> when they put it on, but not always. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking Darth Vader's helmet had that little suction sound when he would take it on and off, and yeah. it doesn't seem like the Mandalorians have that. I agree because it's – my recollection is that there's been a couple of times when the amount of fuel in their jetpacks made a difference. Yes, and like, they mm-hmm. didn't get very ran far. Out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I do I, – there was one scene though that I did like where you actually got to see through the helmet when they were when they were dragging him to the, the interrogation chamber. You actually mm-hmm. got to see a POV out of the helmet, which I, that was the first time I think they've ever done that. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the callback to the prequels with the series of um, force fields that, that oh, yes, he had that to go nice. through. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a nice callback. Yeah, um, and kind of neat to see him in action. It is, it um, is a weird as a security expert, Dave. It is it is weird to station <laughs> <laughs> to station two troopers in between each force field just. You know, I, I'm not sure of the soundness of that plan, but oh, oh sure, okay. Yeah. With yeah. varying degrees of weaponry, with, as yes, you with, go. with better weapons <laughs> as you move along, yes. 
Yes, almost yes. like a video game. Hmm. Well, <laughs> and also with the with Moff Gideon's clones, that somehow the control panel has a setting where you can uh, have a, all a of the blasts, <laughs> right? Just <laughs> blow out very yeah. dramatically. But you know, the plot requires it, so that's fine. I, I can go along with that. I'm, I'm okay. This is with the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and we'll get more. Of the course, stormtroopers are kind of badass. But yes, yes, they they are all Mandalorians, basically. So right, yeah. Good thing that they destroyed them all because it, that'd be bad out there. <laughs> I gotta say, the whole flying scene was fun. I just enjoy. I, I thought I was gonna go. Oh God, this is just you know CGI wankery. But I actually found myself getting really into it. I, uh, I see, I kind of it. fell on the other end of the of the spectrum on that, as I did also with uh, Picard and and all the Starfleet ships. Um, I, I felt it was too much, like. It's just overload, and I can't really tell what's going on anymore. I kind of mm. like the, the the lesser focus. Like, sure, do a big pullback shot of of all the craziness, but focus in. Like, let me mm. see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a big problem for me with the prequels where they had some space battles that were just overwhelmingly full of ships, and I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> full of ship. That's what they were. <laughs> it was full of ship. <laughs> yeah, it's full of ship. And, uh, and I, I do – feel that sometimes with these as well yeah. but I, I, i'm I with jason here i i got into it i enjoyed it one of the things that struck me while i was watching it was how there is no penalty for a show being on television versus being in the theater anymore no you're, you're no longer do you say oh god that's a janky green screen for tv and it looks you know like it was 640 by 480 resolution no it's it's as good as anything yeah and that I think uh, helps 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 keep you from being taken out of the story. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And I just quickly a masterclass of I think ha- how you deal with these big battles versus showing the actual action. Uh, going back many years now, Lord of the Rings, they did a mm. masterful job of that. Right. True. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That was. Oh man, I want to go back and watch those again now that I got the the monster Amazon TV. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. I gotta. Dig those things out. I did. I did try and watch a little bit of the uh, the new series, the Lord of the Rings series on mm-hmm. the Fire TV. Yeah, Brian, when you when you come back to LA, swing by. It's beautiful, right? <laughs> and I can't even oh. imagine what it's like on your TV. It's got. It's be incredible. Just like, it's. I have just no like clue being, what's going yeah. on, and I could care less about the plot, but it is gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it's just like being back when we saw the the three movies at Cinerama Dome from the front right. row. It's kind <laughs> of the same thing, except we have bathrooms mm-hmm. that we can and we can pause. Yeah, yeah. My son Jack has expressed interest recently in watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He hasn't seen them yet, so uh, I'm going to take that as my opportunity to revisit them. And the problem is, it's it's just a commitment, you know. Oh yes. God! It's like because you have find... to watch the extended editions, and <laughs> yep. So you know, you're looking at like do you think twelve so, hours? <laughs> well, but here's the thing: do you have to watch the extended editions yes. for your Absolutely. first viewing? Absolutely, yes. for your first yes. viewing. Yes. Yeah, why? Because they're better. They're better. Okay. They're just flat out better. You yeah. know. Okay. Right. That's like saying, should they watch the Lucas versions of the, the Lucas reboot versions of Star Wars versus the original version? Yeah, you, you watch, watch Han shoot first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I've never seen the extended versions, so oh, they're they're delightful, Dave. Yeah, they're okay. well worth it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's what we'll do then. Okay. It is done. Make it so. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. Engage. <laughs> 
<laughs> Universe creep, here we come. Right. We need one of those T-shirts that has Gandalf saying yeah. all those things. <laughs> Love those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A yeah. um, couple other things I wanted to uh, chat about today. I am heading off to the RSA conference here uh, in a couple of days. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's for work. Uh, so it is a busy week of just deep, deep immersion with all of my, well, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 of my closest cybersecurity friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a huge trade show. And one thing I'm curious to see, and I was wondering what you guys thought about this, um, what we're going to see on the show floor with booths, with companies who embrace chat GPT versus those who shun or warn against it or use the specter of it to frighten people into buying their product. I suspect it being a trade show and wanting to sell things uh, predominantly the latter. Yeah. You think? I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? No, no more blockchain? No security on the blockchain this that year? That was so last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Like five years ago at RSA, artificial intelligence was the buzzword. Everybody, everybody's booth was all about how we we have artificial intelligence in our product and it's going yeah. to save the world. And granted, that was a – it did not. <laughs> uh, the world is still in great peril. Um, but that was a different kind of AI than what ChatGPT is and certainly – I mean that was all under the hood AI. It wasn't public facing the way ChatGPT is. So I'm just kind of wondering – there has to be somebody there who's – leading a value proposition is going to be chat GPT enabled. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering like, who is that going to be? What product are they going to be selling? Who thinks that they can slot that in and have that be a value added thing? Right. And will the booths on either side of them be saying, if you do this, you are absolutely crazy. (laughs) So I don't know. I'll report back. Yeah, please do. I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear your report on how that goes because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, because uh, we still know AI doesn't mean anything. So I, I love right. that part. <laughs> it's like, uh, would yeah. you like a cup it, of AI? No, I would like a cup of blockchain instead. Oh, okay, sir. <laughs> right. And well, in it, every year at this conference, and, and I suspect this is the same, you know, regardless of what industry vertical you're in, there is an overall theme of the show. Um, and the, the, uh, the people who are organizing the conference, the RSA conference people, they're going with the human element this year, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't the drive memo. the sales. Well, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't drive. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, they probably selected that two years ago, you know, because these things take a long time to put together. Yeah. But um, I'm just really curious to see what will the overall thing be? What will be the theme, the theme that the vendors choose this year versus, uh, yeah. you know, what the general public does. So. We'll Cannot wait to hear. Cannot wait. Yeah. So a uh, question for the two of you. Um, do you all have any recollection of the Rockafire explosion? Does that mean anything to you? W- were they like a funk band from the 70s? <laughs> good Good answer. Brian? Uh, stand-up bass or fretless? <laughs> so this is no, a no I, from I, both of no. you. This is a no. I don't know what this is. Okay. You were both familiar with Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Are you familiar with Showtime Pizza? Yes. Yes. So 
The Rockefeller explosion was the house band, the house robot band at Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a deep dive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was a band. Okay. I was I was nailing I nailed <laughs> yeah. it with a oh, band yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. No. It's a band. I got props a, for that. Come on. <laughs> it's a band led by a robotic silverback gorilla, but it is indeed a band. Okay. Okay. And I have specific memories of when I was in middle school. I don't know. My mom got a flyer in the mail or something, and and she took me to this place, Showbiz Pizza, that was in the next town over, and they had this robotic band. And at this point in my life, I had never been to Disney World. My God, I'm having memories flood back. I just saw in the video. Yeah, I remember this now. (laughs) I haven't thought about this in 40 years. Right. (laughs) Right. Wow. Okay. So here's the thing. During this period of time, those of us who grew up here, um, you had Chuck E. Cheese, you had Showbiz Pizza, and they merged. Because neither one of them were really doing well or making a lot of money because turns right. out robot bands cost a lot of money to build and maintain. <laughs> uh, and it, you got to sell a lot of pizzas to <laughs> maintain your robot band. So um, they combined and they were all converted to Chuck E. Cheese's even though the Rockefeller explosion was way better than Chuck E. Cheese. The robots were better. The characters were better. The songs were better. Their shtick was better. It was all better, but they all got converted to Chuck E. Cheese's. Okay. Now, this rat hole was inspired by John Oliver did a segment recently <laughs> yes. on the history of Chuck E. Cheese, which is very funny. Um, and he, they created a web page for it called Last Squeak Tonight. Now, technically, the, the, this segment did not air. Did you know Correct. the story behind that? Yeah, because yes. we were talking about mortgages and home ownership, and he basically said, if you're under 30, you'll never need to watch this because you'll never own a phone or a home, so go watch this instead online. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which I did, and the Chuck E. Cheese documentary is a lot of fun, but that sent me down the rat hole of the Rockefeller explosion, and that led me <laughs> to a documentary that I recommend that is a documentary of the Rockefeller explosion – but mostly it's about a handful of people who have gathered up and built complete rock of fire explosion versions in their homes. Wow. Oh, my yes. God. I know what wow I'm doing tonight. <laughs> is right. Let me tell you, there's this notion that the people who make a difference in this world are the obsessives. These are obsessives. And they... one argues about the difference in the world being made, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just I'm looking at this. I'm like this. This has to be a perfect wedding for you, Dave. It's 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 technology and furries. It's yes, like yes, yes, perfect. No, it is absolutely. <laughs> the only thing that would be better is if if somewhere they were dressed up as Star Wars characters. Like now, that would, I, you know. <laughs> I I will remind the two of you that uh, having grown up literally in the shadow of D- Disneyland. These are not that impressive, but I get it. No. You did not have access to to uh, the various robotics, uh, Abraham Lincolns and whatnots that I did. So. Yeah. No, they're not – comparatively, they're not as impressive. I will say though that some of the rock of fire – like the um, – what was his name? Fats Geronimo is the gorilla who leads the, the band. He's the front man and plays the keyboards. He's actually quite good and it seems like they spent most of their money on him. 
Right. Some of the other ones just kind of rock around and and their faces aren't – yes, they're definitely a tier below what you would get from (laughs) Disney. But again, the first time I saw these, I had never been to Disney and these things just blew my mind. The other thing was that these are life-size, right? I think at that point in my life, I'd seen small little robotic things but nothing at this scale. Right. Um, so another part of the documentary is they go to the guy who originally built these animatronics who still has a warehouse full of them. Oh. <laughs> so talk about an obsessive. This yeah. guy is an obsessive and it is practically a spooky tour through a haunted house going through this huge warehouse where this obsessive guy who genu- has genuine, sincere, authentic love for the work he did with these and to this day you can tell the great affection he has for these robot band members. But it's also a little bit of a cautionary tale about <laughs> how you can – Jason, yeah. I think we found some more recipients for our universal loser income. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, so wow. that's amazing. I, yeah, I do so, love this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. So yeah. check it out. Uh, it's a documentary is about an hour long, and if you're into these obsessive kind of people, or if you grew up remembering the Rock of Fire explosion, Showbiz Pizza, Chuck E. Cheese, it's it's a very affectionate documentary about. Some people who are obsessive, a little bit odd, but I think there's also something kind of neat about how authentic their love for these things is Mm -hmm. and how they went to the trouble to build these fully restored versions of of this show in in their homes. families. I just Googled Rock of Fire Explosion and I think we need – I think Bard might be doing the uh, the search results now because they have a songs listing. And one of the top songs is I Ain't Gay. Hmm. <laughs> it so, was a different time, Jason. It was a different yeah, time. So uh, it was a different time. Um, I was reading some of the history of the Rock of Fire Explosion and to your point of it being a different time, one of the onstage characters was a bird – who was an overt alcoholic, (laughs) was drunk all the time, and the other characters on stage were making jokes about, I think her name was Mitzi Mouse. Yeah, I see her. Like the the Muppet Show, there's one female character surrounded by all other male characters, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Same with the Smurfs, you know, so there's that whole dynamic. But the characters on stage were telling jokes about Mitzi Mouse about how loose she was. <laughs> well, Gotta have something for, you the have something for the parents after soccer that are drinking the beer, yeah. I suppose. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Gotta sell that yeah. beer because uh, pizza ain't going to pay for those robots. Right. Yep. So enjoy. Uh, I certainly <laughs> did. It's very weird, but it's the kind of weird thing that I really like. Thank you for this. I will be yeah. losing an hour yep. of my life for sure tonight. <laughs> Definitely. A couple other quick things before we wrap up here. I want to do a shameless plug for our new podcast that we launched. It's called oh T Minus. <laughs> this, well, this one I have nothing to do with. Uh, I am oh. I am not a host. I am Who'd not you a piss producer. off? <laughs> exactly. Actually, this is the first new venture from uh, our parent company, which is uh, 
called N2K Networks, and we have a division called N2K Space. I work for N2K Cyber. And N2K Space has launched their first product, which is T-minus. It's hosted by Maria Vermatsis, who um, anybody who listens to Smashing Security knows Maria. She's done a bunch of space segments on our show as well. Um, And they're really doing cool stuff. So if you're a space nerd like me, please do check out T-minus. We'll have a link to that uh, in the show notes as well. It's awesome. uh, the first daily – first – well, I don't know if it's the first, but it is currently the only uh, daily space news podcast out there. Excellent. Cool. I yeah. Will, uh, subscribe. Uh, and then finally, we got a little bit of feedback from a listener. This came from uh, LinkedIn, uh, someone named Jason Blackman who is a uh, – looks as though he is a naval officer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's wearing a naval officer uniform, so uh, we'll give him that. Be so. Thank you for on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, Dave, would love to say I continue to appreciate your work on the CyberWire. Also appreciate your contribution to the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast and the dark side. It will always be security ha, even if it's mainly you, Jason, and Brian talking about Star Wars. So <laughs> thank you, Jason, for taking yes, the time you. to send that in, and we appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep. Well, stay safe in uh, stay safe in San Francisco. Avoid the man poo. Waiting boots. I will do my best. I will. Yeah, uh, I will do my best. Yeah, leave those Crocs at home. You don't want anything <laughs> with holes in it. Nope. No open toed sure. shoes in San Francisco. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right. I, so I will. I will see you guys in two weeks because next week I will be away. All right. Have a good time, man. Closing shout out. Over at Patreon, we've got a bunch of you people. Woohoo! 40th Dawn, Bob, Celia, Harrison, and Alan. Welcome, everybody. Thank you all so much. And over at PayPal, we've got Blake Bowling, Joseph, Nathaniel, Dag, Mike, Tom, Andrew, Brian, another Joseph, and Ramsey. Thank Woo-hoo. you all so much. Over at the tip jar, we've got Sean, Karen, and Ross. Thank you to everybody. And my typical reminder over at Patreon, if you sign up for as little as $3 a month, you get the shows early and ad-free and also in high res. Boom, 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 boom. All right. (laughs) We also have two new reviews this week. Now, I'm going to read this first one, (laughs) but I don't understand a word of it, but at least it's five stars and it's from ss 8118 I found Street Fighter Fireballs on iTunes. You can set outgoing and incoming emails to Hadouket. It's like Fireball Wars back and forth with your correspondence. You could probably do it with other mail programs too. What the fuck? <laughs> I looked up Street Fighter Fireballs on iTunes and there is no Street Fighter Fireball. So I think this is somebody having having a go with the old chat GPT maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll take five-star ratings. We'll take five stars and some Don't smileys. understand them. Yeah. <laughs> And Richard GP42 wrote, they asked, so why not? Okay, we'll take it. They asked for the review, so maybe they'll be happy with this. Show is good. Seems like a conversation I might have with my brother as we complain about tech and how people can't use it properly or the tech is not working how we think it should be. Keep being grumpy. Well, thank you, Richard. We'll take it. Thank you very much. And happy birthday to Tim Curry. Woohoo. I was just glad to see he's still kicking. Me too. You know, because he was a good it character. Yes. Yes. And uh, one of the first uh, transvestite characters that anybody in our generation were exposed to, I believe. Man, I used to go to that every Friday night. Never went. Never went. Oh, such a blast. Such a part of my childhood, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, throwing the popcorn and the rice and all of it. So good. Never did it. Oh, well. (laughs) It's still time, Jason. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo, and the clock is ticking. 
Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 598. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a rather weird snark or whatever the hell you want to review, just make it five stars. Stay grumpy.